This is Just Press Playhouse. Feeling Happy adventures. My name is Phil Blechman. I'm here with the creators of Just Press Playhouse, and we are here to do a talk back to learn more about Kid Pros. So we're calling this Kid Pros the After Party. I'm here with Gabe Templin, Orlando Segura. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thanks for doing this, Phil. Yeah, so they offered me some free alcohol to have this talk back. I said, but of course. But actually, I was really curious about uh, the show after hearing it. So let's just jump right in. I want to know. Going from the previous shows that you guys have done of uh, Time Trip and uh, the one-offs that are more dramatic from the beginning to end, where did you guys come up with the idea for Kid Pros? Yeah, uh, Kid Pros is based off our real-life experiences for two and a half to three years. Yeah, we used to be clowns. <laughs> we used to do birthday parties and stuff, bar mitzvahs and everything. So you, so this is, this is based on a true story? Yes, most of it, a lot of it. of it. So 98%, what what was the 2% that you guys changed? You know, we, like, changed characters, names around. Obviously, we don't, like... We we want we want to protect you know people from from actual identities and stuff like that. But and we combined different characters together and we mixed up some of the parties around. Like obviously, some of the parties didn't happen exactly like that. But but um, the instances in them pretty much all those things happened to us. Yeah, the root experiences and everything Mm -hmm. were exactly. As they were in the show. <laughs> One of the cool uh, things that you guys did with this show was you released it. Uh, they're short episodes. They're between, mm-hmm. what, four to nine minutes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Give or take. Uh, and you released them by the hour in a whole day, right. right? So each one is slated in an hour, and the show takes place over that time. So right. it starts in the morning and goes all the way to the end. Uh, where did you guys come up with that idea? Did you know going in that that's how you wanted to structure the story, or did that come about after uh, discussing how to write it? We knew we wanted to do a a, sh- a series that was made up of minisodes. That's how the original thing came up. We didn't know exactly what that was going to be. We actually had a few ideas that we were floating but when we folk, when we uh, came in um, with the idea for clowns to do clown show, uh, we thought about our own experiences and how the, the days were structured for us. And, you know, we, they were 12-hour days. We would get there at the office 9 a.m., pick up our stuff, and then go and do the parties. We're giving a schedule. So we thought it would be cool to do that type of thing, and we could check in hour, you know, once an hour until from 9 to 9, because that's we would go back to the office around 9 and get paid and then go home. So how much of your time when you were doing that job was actually spent performing versus traveling from party to party? <laughs> of that yeah. 12 hours, how much was actually spent doing the job? Yeah, I think Kid Pros actually, uh, if you break that down even, so the first party in Kid Pros, the 11 o'clock hour mm-hmm. was a two-hour party. So there's two hours. The next one was... Uh, a one hour, right? At a Joey's. one hour for two Joey's. Yeah, two to three. And then there was an hour and a half after that, supposedly. Mm-hmm. 3.30 to f- Which uh, they didn't five. get to do. And then end with a two, two hour. Two hour. So six, seven. So that was about seven hours in a 12-hour day. Mm-hmm. 
So for five five hours of that in between is you guys traveling. just traveling in the car, <laughs> upset that you have to do this, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, just Which like is, bitching about our day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it was so important to us. Also, with this the day in the life kind of look at it, that there were so many episodes of just. Vinny and Erica mm-hmm. in the car because that was that was a lot of it. You were you were with the one other person bonding right <laughs> in a car, just the two of you. And it was always it was always a, a girl clown and a guy clown, and it, they always paired us together for at least a few weeks. But oftentimes it was for like a couple of months that we would be working with the same person, and it was Saturday Sunday working with them. So we. We really were, you know, stuck five hours a day, Saturday, Sunday, with this, with this person. You got to know them pretty well. Just yeah. sitting in tri-state traffic. Right, yes. Just, <laughs> just going from one party to the other. Was it just like try, like sitting in traffic over a bridge and you guys had this the conversation over and over again about how shitty it is to sit in traffic and then just have the epiphany, you know what, maybe we should turn this into a show? I feel like every person who does that <laughs> job has talked about adapting it into a show in some way. Yeah. And uh, we were not even the first writers to do it. I know that a few other writers have attempted to do stuff um, based on this show. I mean, on, on clowns, um, working as a clown. Um, it's just one of those things. It's like uh, when you're a caterer, you know? Like, it's one of those jobs that's really conducive to storytelling because um, it's very character-based, but then you go into these very specific, weird situations. So it lends itself to... Well, this is, which is basically a sitcom. It's a mini sitcom, like a snack sitcom. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. It's like a snack sitcom. Yeah, it's like, it's like brief instances with these people over the right. course of the day, and it just becomes increasingly more and more frustrating. Right. Uh, when w- With these characters that you guys uh, introduced and their goals and dreams, was that similar to uh, the people that you worked with? Like, uh, So, spoiler alert, uh, one of the lead characters trying to become a professional dancer and mm-hmm. not wanting to give up that dream, is that somebody that you actually worked with who was aspiring to be a professional dancer or was that adapted from just overall uh, larger performer aspirations that uh, people that you worked with have? Yes, and both. And both. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> we worked with people, most of the people we worked with were artists. Yeah. And we worked with dancers, we worked with actors, we worked with musicians, singers, and everyone... I mean, we knew that we didn't want to be lifers. We didn't want to be clowns for life. Were there you know? any? Were, did you work with anybody who was? Who we was like, we this worked is, with this a couple that have been doing that had been doing it for a long time. I would. I don't know if I would call them a lifer, but right. but they were pretty close to life. <laughs> as just, close like, as you could got be. Caught up in the routine, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Right. But but all of us, like even you know, Gabe and I, we have our artistic aspirations. You know, we. We write and direct this show. <laughs> uh, and um, I know that we all viewed clowning as a means to an end. That was very clear. Because the thing about it was that we worked two days out of the whole week. And we had the other five days off. And we could do whatever the fuck we wanted to do. <laughs> you know? And that was fearing cars and never wanting to get in traffic ever again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I used to. I actually had my car when I was clowning, and I used to use my car during clowning because they paid me a bonus for using my own car. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did after I quit clowning was sell my car. Wow, send, that, that, that'll send a message. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking for a means to sell your car, really just become a clown. First. Yeah, you'll yeah. hate driving you'll, for the rest of your feel. life. You'll yeah. never want to be in it again. Uh, when you guys were uh, writing the show and then uh, mapping it out for the series for the one hours, when you were thinking about 
what you wanted your characters to go through and the story that you wanted to tell through the medium of we're going to take everybody on this uh, snack uh, episode series. What was the message that you wanted to tell with this story? Was this you guys just having fun or did you have a, a larger goal in mind of what you wanted your listeners to take away? I mean, yeah, it's uh, obviously fun is number one, right? Yeah, it's about fun. <laughs> we, <laughs> we love to have fun. Yeah. When you write a show about clowns, you can't not have fun. But yes, we we uh, wanted it to be relatable, and we wanted it. Um, I think like the two main themes that that we really wanted to explore was like acceptance and exceptionalism. Like even um, the name, the the subtitle of the of the company. So it's Kid Pros, and it's exceptional entertainment at exceptional rates. You know, kind of bringing that to the forefront and. And so what with these two characters and their hopes and their dreams or goals and their, what they're talking about is, is you know, how, how are they going to feel accepted in their own lives and in their roles and how are they going to figure out what their roles are, how that, that exceptionalism and kind of bringing that, I know this is really um, high meta shit right here, but kind of bringing that even to what the idea of the this country is. Everyone talks about this country as uh, is, uh, is exceptional, you know, like we talk about American exceptionalism. So I know that for me, when I was approaching the material, I wanted to really boil that down to and like, what is American exceptionalism in the in the lives of these two characters, um, a Mexican-American woman from El Paso and an Italian-American guy from Long Island and put them in a car together, mix it up and see what happens you know and we don't we don't actually bash the audience with the head with anything heady like that but it's the undercurrent the whole time and so that really i think informs not just the specific plot of it but the heart behind it mm-hmm. speaking to those themes was there are there any uh is there any particular hour of that show and by hour i mean from the episode or i guess so any of the particular episodes where a scene jumps out to you that really highlights that undercurrent? The five o'clock hour jumps out to me because that is, they're in the car together. They just left Cheryl uh, and got reamed by Cheryl because they were late to that party. And they're heading to their last party. And it's in that uh, travel time that we learn a little bit about Erica and her upbringing and her dance and her mom, I believe, is in that episode. And then we also, right at the end of it, we learn that at an earlier party, uh, Vinny was offered a job. So I, I, I think the, that sort of struggle and privilege jumps out in that scene more so than I, I at least that's the one that jumps out to me anyway it's kind of sandwiched because so the three o'clock is when they're stuck in traffic and that's when she really talks about you know her experiences and where she comes from and all that and obviously like it's frustrating because they're stuck in traffic and all that and, and and talking about her how she started dancing you know with the whole selena contest and all that um, and ta- and her her parents like a lot of the conversations that they had actually were comparing their their upbringings even if they weren't saying let's compare our upbringings but Vinny's talking about his dad and his life and she's talking about her parents and then yeah like Gabe was saying like the five o'clock where I think Vinny you know he he is like a stereotypical like stupid man child kind of character but he has this incredible insight. 
um, almost without meaning to, you know, and like Erica even points it out, you know, it's like you should be a, a therapist. But he's the one who's, who recognizes his own privilege in that moment. And so he's almost like afraid to say something, but he's also afraid not to say something. Like he feels like he's grown so much to be this person's friend that it would be disrespectful for her after she found out that her dream was, you know, basically killed. It would be disrespectful for her to go on for the day and not come clean and be like, hey, I was actually kind of offered this amazing job. And then he immediately says, I'm not saying this to gloat or anything like that. I'm just saying it because I feel like your moment's coming too. Yeah. So to have him recognize the privilege, but also to be like, hey, I know it's not fair, but like, don't give up. You know, the, the dream is still alive. Don't, don't let it die. So I think that that's definitely one of those moments where we talk about those themes. And, yeah. I, and I think that goes kind of like we were talking about the bond that you build mm-hmm. between when you're in those car, <laughs> in the car for five hours mm-hmm. at a time. And, and I think that episode really encapsulates that as well. Mm-hmm. The, the episode at the end where, or uh, we get, we're approaching the end and they have that scene and she loses uh, her dream. And uh, now they have to do this last party, but the, the mother is late. She hasn't shown up yet. Uh, they're at a party that's very weird. It's a memorial service as opposed to <laughs> yeah. a, ce- a celebration. And so they don't know how to go about it. Right. Uh, first thing, was that real? Did you guys actually have a memorial yes. service party that you went to? <laughs> yes. How did, how, how did you actually approach that in real life? Very it, awkwardly. <laughs> was it similar to how you guys approached it? Because I was trying to put myself in that position of how they would have approached it in the show yeah. and they did it in very different ways uh, Vinny was very like yeah this is great this is totally fine and normal like why would we go about this any differently from normal mm-hmm. and she was just like absolutely not this is ridiculous mm-hmm. this is insane um, did you guys when you went through that is a real situation yes yes, yes. it actually <laughs> happened did, did it actually life. happen where you had that heart to heart with the mother at the end no, that part that is part is fake. fictional. <laughs> is, is, where, where did you guys come to the idea where you're like, okay, we want to throw this character, we want to just take everything away from her. She's on her last leg. She loses her dream. She's upset about everything. She's she's thinking she's going to quit after this, and then confronting her with this really human moment of consoling the the, the mother who's late to this party. Uh, what what was the goal of that that scene to to bring her back from the depths of essentially defeat uh, at the end of this day where she didn't want to go through it at the beginning of the day. She goes through all this turmoil of the course of the day, loses her dream of making it into uh, becoming a professional dancer. And then the scene with this mother where she actually then has to set all that aside. Uh, where did that, the inspiration for that scene, if it wasn't uh, from a real life experience, where did that come from? Well, we could talk about it in terms of storycraft. <laughs> well, I'm, no, I'm just well, like so. Talk about it in storycraft because I'm curious to know why go with that scene as opposed to any other. What what was what was gained from showing the humanity in that moment with this? Erica, Erica needed. I guess the word, the phrase "reality check" is a little too trite, but for all for lack of a better word reality check um i mean again acceptance exceptionalism one of the undercurrents of that those two themes is life and death Mm -hmm. you know um and so the whole the whole show she's basically being confronted by a type of death whether it's 
a person attempting, you know, suicide or her career ending, which is a type of death, and then finally being confronted by an actual death. And like not to get too like Akira Kurosawa with it, but it's it's kind of like thinking about the cycle of life. And so in that moment, she realizes that her problems are nothing compared to the problems of other people. In fact, well, they are actually. So they're not, but they are because everyone is in the same fucking boat. <laughs> like we're all just miserable people on this planet going through our shit. And I think that that's something that scene specifically, if you remember, it starts out with her and Vinny having an argument and then the mom comes in and they go out and have that heart to heart moment. And in the argument, like Erica's not seeing it. Erica's like, you know, life is unfair. Everything bad is happening to me. Yeah, she's ready to pack it up and leave yeah. right. after, despite the the mother actually finally being there and willing to pay in full. Right. And I think like all the parents up to this point, especially in Erica's mind, have have been really two dimensional kind of people. Like they're caricatures. They're like cartoons. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time where this person who you expect to be another cartoon, you're like, oh, this mom is irresponsible. She's late, you know, to her own daughter's memorial service. And then she finds out, well, these are the reasons why. It's because this person is a human being who can't stand the, the fact that she's buried. She buried her daughter in an untimely way. Mm-hmm. And like Erica's like, whoa, like I'm here. I am thinking about me this whole time. When this person's obviously had it much worse than I, and that really turned it around. She, I think that that's the moment where she 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 realized that if she can't control the things in her life, then at least maybe she can try to make this mom a little bit happier. You know. Was there ever a moment that you guys had over the course of when you were clowning or when you were writing this show that you had a similar type of moment? Yes. Yeah. What I mean, was that? it happened all the time. It just happened in little, like, obviously, in a, I think in a story, when you're writing a story, everything is augmented, you know? Like, the storytelling is supposed to, like, capture these characters in these moments that they're, like, the worst possible breaking points. Mm. But in our, I, I think that even beyond clowning, it, it, in our everyday lives, <laughs> you meet people every day that are going through some sort of trauma and. And when you decide, it's like, oh, shit, like, maybe I should say something nice to this person as opposed to tearing them down. And that happened. That did happen all the time in the clowning. And at this party, for example, the, the, the actual party. So I, I never got to have a heart to heart with with the mom and neither did my my partner that night. But when we were on our way back home afterwards and we were talking about it, you know, we we were talking about the reasons why someone would throw a party for a memorial, like a child's memorial. And and that's when we were, we were like really thinking about, yeah, it's like this is a crazy thing that actually happened, but why would this person do that? Like what what is the, the need in their lives that they need to fill by doing that? And I feel like that's everyone. And like we're all just trying to survive, you know? So maybe like there's some emotional blank space in our lives that we're trying to fill in some way and so when you meet someone like that like you're you you have two choices right you could either like leave that space blank or you could try to fill it in with a little happiness and i think that that in in erica's 
in, in the, our character's life, like that was the moment where she needed to fill in so that she could then go about the task of repairing her own emptiness. I think that's something that in general is tough from a societal standpoint is how do I put myself in that person's shoes mm-hmm. for a little bit, right? Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people, it, it's a really hard thing to do. It is. is to uh, meet somebody who's having a very adverse uh, situation than you are and go, oh, wait a minute, what would I be doing if I was in their shoe and how mm-hmm. would I be reacting to that? And, and actually taking that on for a moment and, and seeing how that feels. Because I imagine that uh, you're talking about American exceptionalism and everything like that. I think if we could take a moment and put ourselves in different people's shoes, we might have a, a different thought and em- a different reaction. Empathy is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's one, of our, it's one of our unique characteristics as humans. And I feel like one of the things that I thought about when we were approaching the themes of the show, like there are basically two different camps on what we feel as a- American exceptionalism. Like there's the camp that thinks that American exceptionalism means that we're basically missionaries. And we're going out into the world and we're preaching the gospel of America and we're like, hey, this is the right way. And if you don't like our way, then you're, you're going to hell, basically, like you're the wrong way. But American exceptionalism to me personally is, is not necessarily, it's not proselytizing. It's, um, it's finding common ground, okay? America is this big melting pot experiment where we just made a country and we were like people from all over the world come on over (laughs) you know so we're like we're gonna see if this shit works you know like you we're normally in our own little clubs with our own races and ethnicities but we're gonna try to get everyone together here and see how this shit works and that to me is is what's exceptional about this country and and also like when you work a job like being a clown you in get, a city like New in York. In a city like New York, you get to not only work with people from different backgrounds and ideas and stuff like that, but you get to go to parties and meet families. And everyone is, is different, but there's so much that unites us together. You know, like at the end of the day, like we all want to bring happiness into our lives. Why else would you hire clowns for your kids? You know, <laughs> and you, know you want to bring happiness, a little bit of happiness for your kids and you know, you want to have family and friends over and celebrate a moment of your life that's important to you. And I feel like there's more in common uh, than we give ourselves credit for. Absolutely. All right. I have a, a couple final questions that I just want. I'm curious about cool. after hearing the story. Uh, did you guys actually pull a live rabbit out of a hat? So did you have to travel with a live rabbit? Yes. Yes. It wasn't a hat. It was a box. It was a box. So you put you would pull a live. So you actually traveled through all that traffic with a live rabbit in your back seat. Exactly. Correct. Did you have a name for that rabbit? <laughs> I, I, bunny Fufu. Bunny Fufu. <laughs> it was actually Bunny Fufu. That, that was the one, uh, one uh, character that we will admit that actually directs <laughs> to itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the name Bunny Fufu was not changed. Like that's certain, that, that one actually translated. That was, that was an actual, yeah. Well, this, the, this series, like hearing more about it, like gives me a new perspective on it after listening to it all the way through. Uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, where should they follow you? What is, what, what, where should they take a look? You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Reach out to us. You can email us. You can go to our website, justpressplayhouse.com and there's like a, uh, 
comment section somewhere? Yeah, there's a comment section. <laughs> I, I would say the best way to get a hold of us is just to, like, social media. Just like, give us a shout out. And, yeah. If you have from, a question about the show, if you have a comment, if you loved it, if you even hated it, we want to hear from you because we want to know, you know, how to make shows better in the future. <laughs> Speaking of, is there uh, any sneak peek at uh, what we can get for the future of Just Best Playhouse? Well, we're working on a little something called Time Trip Season 2 right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll happen at some point. At some point, yeah. I know people are excited about that, hopefully. Great. Well, thanks, guys, for the interview. Uh, To all of our listeners out there, uh, so long and happy adventures. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil.